This is a Broad Pods production. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in 6 months of Paramount Plus Essential plan on us. mintmobile.com/switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month, unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month, face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 53124 get 6 months of Paramount Plus Essential plan. Auto renews after 6 months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply. If rated PG. Broad Radio. Talking info we love, info we need. and sharing more of us watch and listen live every tuesday 9am australian eastern daylight savings time at broadradio.com.au or find us on facebook twitter youtube and linkedin at broadradioz talk to us live call on 1300 8broad catch up on demand anytime anywhere every time everywhere on the train we'll be here 2am existential crisis we've got you covered broad radio here for more well and i could introduce our next guest but she's a friend of yours and i would feel a little bit disingenuous doing it justice i reckon so i'm going <laughs> to hand this over to you ah With pleasure. I would love to introduce our next guest because she is South Australian like myself and us South Australians stick together as you know. Yes. She is a former federal MP and the author of this excellent book, totally excellent book. There it is. Sex Lies and Question Time. And she's also an Adelaide Crows fan like myself. Let's welcome Kate Ellis. Hi Kate. Hello, thank you so much for having me. It is such a thrill to have you on Broad Radio. Um I have been following your career with interest over many years. Um I love your style. I love everything about you. So this is a bit of fangirling here. Um your book, I read it in one sitting. Um I couldn't put it down. I read it in between lockdown 5 and lockdown 6. when Frances was at school and I just really enjoyed it it made me laugh it made me angry it made me cry all of the emotions um I want to start with though I know that when you were an MP you were reluctant to get on that speaking circuit and talk about being a woman uh in parliament why then have you decided to write this book I think it's in part I'm really aware of my own privilege that as a member of the federal parliament you know I've always had a platform and um, some power certainly the opportunity to have a voice and so I always thought that it would just seem ungrateful and a bit out of touch to be talking about I guess the difficulties about being a woman in politics 
And probably the thing that changed my mind on that was after I left Parliament, I, I started to realise that we actually need women in Parliament and we need women in Parliament to be able to be successful and to be as effective as possible if we're going to address the issues which are affecting our community more broadly and women in our community and particularly more vulnerable women. Um, so I guess I saw, I used to view it through the eyes of feeling a bit self-indulgent and then I saw it as it's actually really important um, that we set the culture um, in our federal parliament that we'd want workplaces and the society more broadly to be following. And I think what we've all seen is that it is a long, long way away from that. Um, you, you talk about setting the culture and when I read your book, Kate, um, all of the different chapters and you talk about slut shaming, you're talking about social media madness, you talk about the treatment of women in the workplace, it really is a microcosm of the rest of Australia as far as how the different things that we've faced in all of our workplaces I think and for some of us personally as well. Um, and I, I really was an eye opener for me, particularly the chapter about how people and men and women weaponize what women wear mm. and use criticism of what women wear as a way of reducing our power it had never sort of occurred to me in that way before and then after i read the chapter i literally got on twitter and some guy had sent me this tweet about my hair of all things and i was like i used to shrug that off but no it's not a trivial thing really is it mm. Well, I think these are all just extra obstacles, extra hurdles. I think your hair's fabulous, by the way. I want that on the record. Um, <laughs> but it, it is... So the thing I, I think that was interesting to me is I interviewed women from across the political spectrum and spoke to 16 different women, you know, who have almost nothing in common other than gender. And every single one of them had examples to give of extra hurdles or... Um, things that made it harder to do their job than the men that they worked alongside. And so the focus on physical appearance is just one of them. And um, there are so many different ones that it became really obvious to me that um, it, it was just really outdated. And, you know, I know that there are women working in a whole range of other industries who deal with the same and many who deal with worse. But I also know that I think a lot of Australia has moved on in the last 20 years, has seen what is acceptable and what isn't in the workplace. And it's shocking to me that the federal parliament is so far behind. I mean, Ange talked about our love for the Adelaide Crows. And one of the things that I realised is that when I announced that I wasn't going to run again, um, my beloved football club asked me to join the board. And I thought it was really striking that I would be sitting around the board table of an AFL club. And I just realised it was so much more respectful. It was so much more modern people actually wanted to hear what you said um and it, it was one of those kind of lightning bolt moments where i thought hang on a second if if a football club of all places is shaming the federal parliament and making it seem so outdated then surely that shows just how far the parliament has to go mm. That is saying something, absolutely. Just back on that clothing thing, I've never met Tanya Plibersek, but there are some absolutely fantastic quotes from her in your book. And on that, uh, the issue of how women are expected to dress in Parliament, she says this, it's sort of blandness that you're going for, unremarkable, 
That's the sweet spot for women. I mean, it made me laugh out loud, um, that dry that dry wit of hers. But, of course, as we've said, there's a, a much more serious message to all of it. Um, can I just go forward now to Sarah Hansen-Young, someone else who I have admired over the journey and continue to admire. When she took on David Lionhill, that to me felt like a really powerful moment as an outsider watching in that was a game changer you know she had been slut shamed repeatedly and she decided to pursue defamation charges what was it like being in it and was it as powerful as the way that i saw it from the outside yeah, it's actually one of the most interesting interviews, I think, for the book, because it really surprised me that I saw it like you did, that this was a sign of strength of Sarah standing up saying, you know, this is ridiculous and it needs to stop. And when I sat down with her, I saw that it was actually came from a place of desperation, that she actually felt like she couldn't do her job anymore, that she was no longer enjoying doing her job, that she was trying to avoid going to question time because what I didn't realise is that this was not a one-off. Um, Sarah tells the story about how not just for days or weeks, but for months, every time she would stand up in question time, there would just be this wall of noise coming at her from men sitting on the other side who were yelling out the names of men she was alleged to be sleeping with or places she was alleged to have had sex with them or all sorts of other rubbish. You know, this is in her workplace when she's trying to go about doing her job. And she explained to me how she used to stop, um, she used to try and avoid standing up and asking questions in question time, a key part of her job. It got to the stage where she didn't even want to go to question time and was leaving early. And it really struck me that I could be working so close to her in the parliament and not realise what she was going through each and every day and the impact it was having. So it was amazingly powerful in that it shone a spotlight on this sort of treatment. It called it out and it brought it to the nation's attention. But it was also, you know, as she said, she just needed to find a way to make it stop and um, it was affecting her confidence, it was affecting her effectiveness as a senator, and, um, you know, this is dreadful. <laughs> it's, you know, I can't think of too many other workplaces where, you know, your colleagues would just stand up and start shouting men's names mm. and allegations, sexual allegations at you day after day, week after week, month after month. And so to me, the fact that that can go on in the workplace, which is meant to set the rules for every other workplace in the country, which is meant to set the standards, which is meant to be, you know, fighting to make us the best Australia we can be, if that's what's going on daily in the parliament, then, you know, it shows that how can we expect things to become fairer and better for women elsewhere um, if that's the environment that those laws are being made in? Like, I just think that's worth fighting for change. Do you think it did stop after that, that case, after she won that case? Um, I think that... Maybe people thought twice about being so overt about it, but one of the things that I also heard is it's not always people standing up in the parliament, although a number of women had examples of that happening to them, but it's also the whispering that goes on behind your back. The, you know, It's a way of trying to undermine the credibility and the effectiveness of many female members of parliament is for people to spread rumours that you know they're too interested in 
sleeping with half the building to be concentrating on doing their job. Um, that seems to be a tactic that has been used on several occasions and I imagine is still used. Um, but I, I hope that if there's progress, it's that people think twice about standing up and doing it so overtly and publicly. And hopefully um, when people are doing it in whispering campaigns, the people that they're whispering it to start to call them out on it. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Kate, you say in the book that the elevation of Julia Gillard seemed to unleash this underbelly of misogyny that was bigger than most of us had dared imagine. Um, when she became Prime Minister, there was so much hope and so much optimism, but boy, it evaporated pretty quickly, didn't it? Well, it did. And, you know, I, I still get quite emotional when I think about the immediate impact it had on women and girls across Australia who all of a sudden saw this possibility. Um, and then, of course, after seeing the treatment that Julia received, we've seen through surveys, we've um, seen through talking to women and girls that more than ever people have said, I would never go into politics. And that is devastating because... You know, we need strong women in there, um, which means that we need to make it better for them. We need to make it better for the country. So um, I think I do think that the fact that Julia was the first um, that we've all now studied what happened to her and the way that she was treated means that it will be better in the future. Um, but it, it was really devastating for me to see that day in, day out, that if that's what's happening to the most powerful woman in the country, then you know it's not hard to imagine what's happening to the most vulnerable um, women without power in the country, um, if that's an acceptable way to treat the Prime Minister. So, yeah, I mean, I don't want to make it sound like um, it's all doom and gloom. Like I really tried when I was writing the book to try to balance calling out really terrible behaviour and things that really need to change and they're not funny um, with also trying not to turn everyone off. Um, mm. No, I think I said, I don't want um, people to burn the place down. I want them to try and take it over is um, hopefully where we get mm. to. Well, it is clear from the book and the incredible women that you interviewed and you write about 
how much we're indebted to the women that have served as members of parliament, not just Prime Minister Gillard, but also yourself with the early learning work that you did. You speak about Jenny Macklin and the work that she did tirelessly for paid parental leave. There's so much in there that makes me feel so grateful to all of the women that have put themselves into what is a very difficult environment to change Australia. Um, so I say thank you to you and all, all of the, the women that have tread those boards there. Um, what, after 15 years in Parliament, what are you most proud of? Well, I think I'm probably most proud of um, the early childhood education changes. Um, that's something, you know, we worked really hard to try and modernise the way that childcare was previously seen as a babysitting service and we actually know that it is the most critical years of brain development and that if we can treat it as such, I just think that um, that's something that will impact on genera generations and it was just, you know, a labour of love to get a chance to work on an area that you're so passionate about. So, But I'm really proud of, you know, one of the things about being an MP is it's not all the glitz and glamour and the stuff that makes the headlines, like actually being a local MP and getting to help people in some of the hardest times of their life or with, you know, issues. You see people um, battling with bureaucracy and, you know, I imagine we'll see it a lot as we hopefully come out of this COVID time and see how hard a lot of people are doing it. Just being able to help out by dealing with a department, um, taking away an issue is really rewarding work that you do every day. So I really loved the job, I honestly did, and um, I would certainly encourage others in that direction because it is absolutely, I think, the most effective way to change the nation for the better. Kate, the politics of motherhood is another theme you explore in the book, <coughs> damned if you do, damned if you don't. Um, I was left wondering if politics and motherhood mixes. Can, can you have both? Well, I, th I think you can. If you look at the parliament, you can see um, a huge number of women who are doing it each and every day. And there's more and more women actually giving birth um, whilst they're serving as MPs. Um, we've you know, got young twins in the parliament regularly at the moment. But there's also you know, amazing women like Tanya Plibersek who have, who have done it um, beforehand. So I think that it is possible. Of course, it's possible. I think that hopefully we'll get to a point where um, parenting and caring is seen um, as something that is shared. So we start asking that of how come men have been able to do it forever, um, that um, it is possible. Ultimately, it wasn't possible for me for a number of reasons. It just, the fit didn't work. And that probably has less to do with the job than probably my own personality traits. I mean, really, I should have known um, when I got my puppy dogs and I cried when I left them <laughs> when I went to Canberra that actually having a human being and someone that had to travel for more than half the year was just not going to work for me. Mm. You know, um, I wonder, Kate, I mean, this current government and the events of this year, I feel, have alienated women more than almost any other year in my memory anyway. Um, do you sense that there's a push for another female prime minister? Certainly in my circles, and I do live in a bubble, I admit. But there's a, you know, there's a real feel that now it's time to find some 
another extraordinary woman to lead this country because we see Jacinda Ardern and we see other incredible leaders around the world. Do you think there's a push for that and would it be different next time? Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of people that would love to see that. I think you're right about the events of this year and um, what we've seen either through Brittany Higgins standing up so courageously or the allegations that have been publicly made against Christian Porter, um, which, of course, he denies. Um, I worry that we haven't just seen a loss of faith in the government, but that women are feeling a loss of faith in our political institutions, understanding and caring about the issues that affect our lives. And I think a lot of people um, would love to see a woman stand up and lead so that we can hopefully, um, I don't know, get a bit more of a belief that perhaps the government does understand us. Um, like earlier this year, the the March for Justice, the marches that took place across Australia. I mean, I've been to a lot of rallies and protests in my life, but I've never seen a crowd like that of women from across generations, um, from you know different backgrounds, different races, different class, but all there because a lot of them have had something really horrible happen to them and have been assaulted in their own lives and just felt like the government didn't understand or care about that. Um, it's really dangerous if people don't have faith that the government understands their lives and cares about those issues. So we need to find a way to fix that. Uh, on that theme, after everything that's transpired, the Prime Minister's decision to elevate Christian Porter to acting Leader of the House, to me, felt like he was rubbing our noses in it. Um, I'm wondering how you felt about it as someone who has been in that environment for 15 years. Um, you know, how can you stay optimistic when something like that can happen? I do really wonder whether, I mean, watching a whole lot of this unfold from a, from a distance, I, I do wonder whether the Prime Minister's seen this as a political issue and not a human issue. Like, it seems to me that, you know, some people think that this is, you know, left-wing women's groups who are always going to have an issue with a conservative government as opposed to people, you know, the statistics on sexual assault in Australia, for example, one in five women over the age of 15 will experience that. That is over a million women currently living in Australia who have been sexually assaulted in their own lives. So I think that this isn't about party politics. This is about those women and their sisters and supporters saying, hang on a second, this is real and it's serious and can you take it seriously and can you hear us? And it seems to me that it's it's been largely dismissed as this is a political issue we need to manage. And, you know, we even saw in the last budget that the government themselves said we want to have a women-friendly budget so we're putting more money into childcare. Well, that's really great, but it actually doesn't acknowledge the issues and the violence that is still happening at horrific rates across Australia. And I just wish that the government could find a way to acknowledge that and address that hurt that so many women are feeling. Well, I think your book is really important, Kate, because it brings a perspective of what's happening in Parliament, but it also, I think, encapsulates what's happening for so many women in their professional lives. You read it with great familiarity. A lot of the time you're going, wow, that happened to me too. And you're giving us language and I think empowering us to maybe next time react a little differently, to speak up or to be a little bit more courageous in, in saying, no, that's not okay. So I think it's an amazing book. Thanks so much, Kate. Well, thank you so much. And also I do hope that um, 
like for me, I didn't realise at the time how bad um, some of those things were. I didn't realise at the time how inappropriate or how out of whack with modern Australia is. So by talking about these things, hopefully people do realise more themselves um, at the time and we can start to move on because, you know, 2021. Mm. Yeah. It's done. Oh, Kate Alice, thank you so much for joining us. And do get the book. It is called Sex, Lies and Question Time. And it is awesome. Thank you so much, Kate. Yep. Thank you. Yes, there is the book, Sex, Lies and Question Time. It was a very good read, wasn't it there, Ange? It was. I couldn't put it down. I told you Mm. I read it in in one sitting um, and it, it made me angry, but it also... You know, it made me cry. The chapter about why she decided to leave politics when she talks about her son, Sam, and her relationship with her son, it just got me, it got me right in the heart. Mm. Um, it's a, it was a difficult decision. Um, but boy, you know, we're going we're gonna to miss her in Parliament. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and women are making this decision every day around having to choose between Mm. work and their kids and it does break your heart because it just shouldn't be that way. So we're once again returning to that theme of we're thinking of you if you're in the trenches and dealing with the juggle at the moment and that incredible burden. What a great fun show we had. We want to say thank you to Kirsty Weebeck and we weren't able to give her show, her (laughs) Zoom show, a proper plug. So there it is. It's on tomorrow night. Head along to her website, Mm -hmm. kirstyweebeck.com forward slash shows to get yourself tickets to that. And awesome as always to spend the last hour with you it's been a real delight it's been good and the sun is shining in melbourne right now which gives us hope of better times ahead yeah that's right we'll have more broad radio next tuesday we'll see you then hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.